Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Universes Academy podcast. I'm your host, John Jennings, and I, with me, I have my two A-plus awesome co-hosts, Mr. Matt Childress and Ryan Kraft. How we doing, guys? Doing good, man. How's it going? It's going pretty oh. good, man. You know, just winding down this week, going to talk about some card games and stuff. Uh, Matt, how's your week been going, man? Yeah, it's it's been good, man. It's been good. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited for the, uh, the online tournament scene that's uh, kicking off. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, normally we, we try to break down any current events. There haven't been uh, too many big announcements or anything like that. The DLCs have been hitting stores and stuff like that. And they're out. We've uh, we've all gotten ours. I've still got to give Ryan his um, in person. But, but uh, some of us got ours. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, some of us have ours. Um, so, so those are out. You can be on the lookout for those and stuff. Uh, there was an announcement this past week during the, uh, the I, I can never say. The pre-show. The, the pre-show of whatever the event is called. I'm not going to attempt to the say Wednesday it. The Wednesday webcam weeklies. Thank yeah, you, The Ryan. WWW, man. It's called the WWW. The WWW. Okay. Or the WCW, the webcam weekly. Hmm. All right. I mean, no one else is using WCW right now for anything, right? So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that shit got absolved. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, so there was an announcement for the first, I believe it's the first provisional tournament. <laughs> Is going to be on February 26th, and it is going to be a webcam event. It's a Saturday. Um, so it's not a weekday. It, yes, it's a Saturday. It's going to be a webcam event, and I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played any of the webcam events yet, but I'm going to have to have to get my setup straight and figure this thing out, and probably get out there and test a get get a couple of these Wednesday events and test out some stuff out and uh, make sure we we're ready to go for that. Um, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on on the the first provisional being a webcam event? I'm ready, son, because if it wasn't going to be a webcam event, that shit wouldn't be happening at all. They'd be pushing it back. So I'm excited to compete in like a bigger tournament, even if it is webcam, because they've been super smooth, honestly. Um, the only thing that's been an issue with those webcam events has been they've been bouncing around between different softwares to do the tournament pairings and stuff. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's kind of annoying, but at the same time, it's a minor annoyance. So as long as I'm able to play cards and maybe win prizes and have some fun, man, I'm cool with it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited. And, and to Ryan's point, like, I, I definitely think that this, my understanding, these kind of provisional events are kind of similar to what, like, PTTs used to be, where they're going to be, like, monthly kind of things that, in theory, if they're in a store, people are kind of, like, traveling for from around a state or other things like that, maybe across state lines, depending. Um, so I'm glad they're kicking it off, and that's happening in uh, February. Uh, it is at the very end of February. It's so like, you know, Jessica's been saying, like, hey, we're going to start our um, organized play in February. Eh, just barely. Like, I mean, it's by a few days. Um, but, hey, they met their deadline. Um, I think, you know, the other webcam events, I've been surprised at um, the experience. It's been good overall. I've played in two of them. I didn't get play every week. But um, the two I played in, you know, I've had a good time. I've enjoyed them. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to playing in more of those. Um, the provisional will be kind of more like that first one where you're going to be looking at like five plus rounds. Like that's going to be a long day. Um, so just be prepared for that. If you're signed up to run that event, um, also make sure that, I mean, you got to be familiar with the rules, like, like rate of play and interactions and things like that. Like, um, this isn't a monthly or a weekly, you know, like this is, this is a bigger, big boy tournament. Um, so, you know, just, just be prepared for that. Um, be familiar with the rules and card interactions, things like that. So that'd be my advice for people preparing for it and definitely try to get in one of the uh, webcam weekly. So you're familiar with the process. Cause like Ryan said, it's, it's kind of changed a little bit from week to week, but it, they seem to have kind of settled on something now and hopefully it stays that way. And I think that's kind of what they were trying is to test the water, see what works, see what people like the most, and then uh, pitch it like that when they go live with the bigger tournaments. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I think you can kind of tell that was their thought. Like we can we can kind of dip our toe with these first few webcam events. We can kind of smooth out the process, see what works, see what doesn't. Uh, take take legitimate feedback and try to you know expand upon it and that kind of stuff. And building towards their first big uh, tournament, which will be on the twenty sixth. It's a Saturday at the at the end of February. And you know we hope to see you guys out there. They haven't announced a whole lot of information around it. They don't, we don't really know the start time or cost or anything like that. I assume right. it's probably going to be like maybe ten twenty bucks to get in. Um, um, 10, 10 wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'd be kind of surprised if it was twenty. Um, yeah, it depends like said, on what they're giving know. out as prizes, though. Like, mm -hmm. if this is one of those tournaments where you know there's some money on the line, like you know, like one k or something like that, then maybe it ends up being like you're saying, like a twenty dollar buy-in or something. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's just like victory packs and points towards going to worlds, then it might be another five dollar buy-in. You know? Uh, well, presumably. The like the the midnight and Kurigiri and those cards are going to be for this one, right? Isn't that aren't they for the provisional events? Yeah, so there's there's like a and separate like set of promos. Like I think there's like six or eight of them from what mm -hmm. that that graphic looked like. Um, yeah, they've only shown me, the but, first three. Yeah, they've shown yeah. three of the cards, and there's still I think at least three or four that we haven't seen or more. Um, so yes, those are the packs that you'll get only from this kind of event. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure they'll still give away like the regular participation packs and yeah, we don't know if those are packs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't know if those are victory pack cards that can have versions of them or if those are just, Hey, everyone who goes each round you play, you get one of these or, or what, like you said, not much information outside of the date's been confirmed. So like you said, start time price, um, legality of different things. Like none of that's confirmed. Set two is going to drop presumably a couple weeks after that, maybe, you know, four weeks at most because it's supposed to come out in March. So like that'll shake things up by the time there's another provisional. So um, it's exciting times. Yeah, got a lot to look forward to. Uh, and you just mentioned, you know, it being like a 1K or something. Speaking of 1Ks, there was one a week ago that we can go ahead and talk about. Um, friend of the pod, Tam Tamron Cardwell, actually took first place shortly after he did the interview with us. <laughs> so I'm not saying, you know, he had the good vibes from talking to us and going on, propelling himself into victory. But I'm just saying, you know. He did talk to us and then go on and won that 1K. That's, is it a coincidence? Yeah. Probably. Can't confirm but I like to think it's if not. you want to win a 1K, you need to be interviewed by us first. That's mm -hmm. obviously the prereq to win a 1K. Ignore the Omaha 1K. That that well, was a fluke. Well, see, we didn't we didn't interview anyone before that, so that was like anyone could have gotten in on that. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's we, fair, we specifically, that's fair, that's we specifically did it. We hadn't we, started we, the interviews yet. We started. We did our first interview, and we're one for one with interviewees. Win in events. Yeah, you Bam. didn't sprinkle the magic on 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 Tony too for that event, right? Like it was just no. just Tony. You're like, here you go. Hey, hey, look, all I'm saying is Tony was in this event. And he didn't win it, so. <laughs> I mean, so we're facts. we're also like gonna announce today that before the uh this provisional, they're interviewing me on that one. So. <laughs> We're going to ourselves exclusively from now on, guys. Yes. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna rotate each week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but so, um, so, so Tam ended up, you know, uh, taking down first place. Uh, he ended up, uh, he was running, uh, air or Raka or Raka one because yep. DLC was legal. So mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he could have been running two, but he was running air or Raka second place. Uh, we had Bromley, t uh, piloting water to I believe is water. It was, right? yeah, it was water. Uh, then we had Tony two playing his, uh, void Kirishima. Uh, then in fourth place, uh, we had a uh, Hamza running uh, another Kirishima. Kirishima well. It was good, yeah. I think, and it was good, good Kirishima. Uh, then in fifth place, we had Ryan Field with a running the bad touch Shigaraki with the uh, float running combo. the float combo, so death Shigaraki. Uh, then we had uh, Jean Philippe Johnson running Kirishima Void, 
holding down uh sixth place and seventh place we had uh brendan running a an air gyro deck and then uh coming in at the round out our last of our top eight we had a uh george running a kaminari air deck um and I, I believe that's the first appearance for kaminari and maybe shigaraki in like a big major event and like a top it eight is. cut yeah. mm-hmm. so that's I, I like to see that um and Todoroki. And, yeah, and Todoroki, right, no, too. Todoroki, technically, or, I think one of the, the webcam weeklies, he went undefeated one week. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but still, it's, it's impressive that, that we saw a Todoroki deck at, at, in the second place. I know we've all been kind of low on Todoroki, and mm-hmm. Bromley himself has even said so, somewhat tongue-in-cheek that Todoroki does suck. <laughs> and that that deck wasn't that good. It just it, it uh, navigates um, Kirishima and coordinated effort very well. It um, navigates the meta. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. Little buzzword for the episode. Meta. Um, and so that's we kind of why... Facebook. Yeah. And so that was kind of part of his success there. So what were you guys gut reactions, thoughts to the top eight? Did is it kind of what you expected? Uh, Matt, Matt, what did you think when you first saw the breakdown? Um, I think there's some characters who aren't here who probably could have been there. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, in general, three Kirishimas doesn't really surprise me. Um, Uraraka, and we when we did our reassessment, we all realized that you know we were sleeping a little on Uraraka, so that doesn't surprise me that she could take down an event like that deck's just incredibly consistent. Um, Shigaraki with float combo doesn't surprise me, that's something that I've been kind of keeping my eye on as well. Um, and Jiro either Kaminari, I mean, I don't know, there could be something, and there's like a a, a TKO Kaminari deck that people have been playing, so it might have been that build. And um, I haven't looked at the list themselves very closely at this point, so. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. air is the most represented symbol in that event, right? Like three of those decks out of the top eight are air, um, which is again close to fifty percent. So, I mean, I think that's a, a testament to just how strong Bakugo's kid is more than anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, I'd say it's a pretty good spread. I mean, there were like what five different symbols in the top eight, and there were you know what another five total different characters as well. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. Yeah, and um, to to your point, there being five different characters, obviously I know there was a lot of, I don't want to say hand-wringing when the getting rid of the diversity rules announced for this game, and people were just complaining. You know, the first few tournaments we saw, it was a lot of the same characters, but I, I do think it is kind of evened out some, and we're, we're, we're still going to see a lot of Kirishima just because he is, at least in my mind, the best character. But I, I don't think it's as bad as people were initially afraid of. Um, yeah. A lot of people are always sky is falling, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see one thing, it accounts for half of something. And you're like, it's too good. What do we do? Well, mm-hmm. we do what we see happen here, which is the meta shifts. People figure out how to play against those things, figure out what what has good matchups against those things. At least goes 50-50 with it. And you see those decks start to rise up as well. Um, uh, so you would say that you get good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually really my advice in general to players is get good. Read the cards and get good. Um, if you can do those two things, you can be a champion. I assure you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, what were your your thoughts on the the one k? Uh, I mean, I played in the one k. Um, I did not have any surprising thoughts from the one k. Um, three Kirishima's in the top. You know, it is what it is. It's like I I think it's one of the easiest, most powerful decks to pilot in the format. So people tend to uh, gravitate towards it when there's money on the line. So mm-hmm. I expected to see a bunch of them in the pool. Um, like Matt said, we knew Uraraka was good. We knew Jiro was good. Uh, we've 
we've kind of alluded to Shigaraki float combo being good in the past. Uh, just waiting on the cards to come out, you know. And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Todoroki and Kaminari, yeah. I mean, a little surprise there, but, you know, Todoroki is there exclusively as, like, a coordinated effort. Kirishima, nutbuster, essentially. And uh, Kaminari is just there to just blow people up in a turn, catch you off guard. So, I'm not surprised either of those decks, you know, performed well in the current meta that's kind of shaping up. But, uh, I, I think, and outside of that, the event was run well. It went really smoothly. There wasn't really any issues with it at all. And it was a fun time. Nice. Um, well, uh, switching gears, uh, we've, we've mentioned uh, meta a bunch so far. It's been kind of popped up. Uh, our main topic today is we're going to try to talk about what the current meta is in My Hero, kind of our thoughts on the characters, the symbols, and um, how it's kind of evolved since we've had that first 1K. Uh, seems like forever ago. Um, it's been a few months. Yeah, it was what September, October? I don't even remember. October, end of October, three months ago. End of October. Uh, the Omaha event was uh, November sixth, so yeah, it was right after the second okay. out. Yeah, um, very beginning. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, if you're if you're newer to the game, if you're newer to card games and card gaming communities, you, you probably hear people throw around the word meta a bunch, and you may not know what it is. Um, so Matt, if you were trying to introduce a new player to a card game and to help them navigate a competitive scene what would you how would you explain what meta means in terms of card gaming um sure i mean and this is something that we kind of have to actively do even with our local scene right like uh, we got a couple of new players that are really interested in the game and they've been kind of keeping their eye on um, some of the reports and stuff and and you know trying to explain like okay well you have to play the meta game um so the meta game would be figuring out all the things that are good right the rock paper scissors of the game and then preparing for that right figuring out a way to achieve in that environment um and that's what you build your deck for um so that's a meta deck like it's a deck that is accounting for the other strong things and having a way to deal with those things um or maybe just playing one of those strong decks right like it's just you're playing the best version of the deck it's not the any you know subpar cards like if you need four plus ultras you're getting four plus ultras for that deck you know like you're it's non-negotiable you don't run three you you're running the four you know and that's just a, a current example for my hero um but yeah that that's a, a meta deck it's it's playing to win you know i mean do like a better t- description i mean mm-hmm. no meta deck is there just to have fun <laughs> like i mean like yeah they can be fun like i have a lot of fun playing a lot of meta decks but that's not their purpose i build other decks that are just for funsies you know pet project kind of decks meta decks are there to win um and to go and uh chase that money i guess in this situation or at the very least see your name on an article with that number one beside it. Mm-hmm. And, and meta can refer to like even the game as a whole. It can also refer to your local scene because your local meta could be very different from what the meta as the community at large <laughs> thinks of something. It could be Absolutely. like, oh man, there's some, you know, real nasty Asui deck running around <laughs> my, my local tournaments that we just can't beat. So we had to figure out a deck to beat that because that Asui deck is the meta. It's our local meta. It's this life Asui deck or whatever is just running wild. But that's probably not reflective of the community as a whole. Right. And, and to your point, I kind of answered the question thinking of a, a specific like deck approach for meta. Like this is a meta deck. Correct. You, the meta is just the environment that you're playing in and what decks are doing well, right? Like that's the general definition of a meta for a card game. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you historically in this card game in particular in universes, um, regions develop different metas. And they kind of right. clash and collide when you go to those like nationals and you go to worlds or even like larger PTCs and things. Um, Cause like, you know, where we are in the South, like 
normally we're a pretty aggressive meta and that's true kind of across the entire southeast uh, we figure out how to kill people in this game um, but then you go and you know kind of get up into the the, the northeast some and they're a little bit more defensive minded and, and kind of stretching across that way um, you know canadians and europeans have played the game very differently than we have in the past as well um, and it's really cool when you go to like a worlds and those people travel and they bring those those metas effectively with them right they bring how they play the game and what's worked for them and you kind of get to see whose meta is the best like who actually figured it out you know mm-hmm. um and and you know at our own uh i guess props here like we're here to try to help you understand and, and pull that data from all those locations to create what the actual meta is for the overall game like um i don't remember if it was i think it was tam during Hegel's interview with him was talking about how we haven't figured out this this meta we haven't solved the meta yet um, right. and that that expression is when Basically, in some card games, you reach a critical mass with players where they've done pretty much all the different combinations. Like Hearthstone's a really good example. I don't, I don't theorycraft decks in Hearthstone because it's a waste of time. Like people have already solved it. There are people who literally play that game nonstop all day. They have all the cards and they just figure it out. Um, and that is a solved meta. So when you go somewhere online and you look at the the rankings, you're like, oh no, that's one of the best four decks because of X, Y, and Z. You play it and you're like, whoa, this deck's insane. That's not the case for this card game. Like there's kirishima to ryan's point pretty easy to pilot pretty strong deck good character in general um and it'll do well but i mean there's definitely lots of little things you can do with that deck that are going to separate yeah. the men from the boys and just because you play kirishima doesn't mean you're top eight and sure it gives you a better matchup across the board but you still got to be able to make those plays and understand what their deck's doing and, and again play that meta so it's the environment in which you're playing yeah, and, and and one thing, or go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say something that uh something important that uh happens when a meta develops as well is like you got the players that only play the meta decks, then you got the players that only play the anti-meta decks. So they find out what's good, and they're like, I'm gonna build a deck to only beat the decks that are the best decks. And mm-hmm. you know, you you can find success in that if the meta gets saturated enough, where like everyone is playing one or two decks, and you can build mm-hmm. a deck that beats those. But if the meta stays diverse, then like. Your your anti-meta deck walks in and just gets beat by all the decks that you can't beat because you're like set up to only beat like one or two decks, you know. So, I was gonna say yeah. building the anti-meta deck is is a bit of a trap. I feel like right. it depends. Uh, so be- there's there's been times like where there's obviously like maybe not in UFS or Universus or MHA or whatever, but there's been times like in other card games where like there's very obviously like one best deck that like seventy percent of the field is playing. Then mm-hmm. you can make an anti-meta deck, and you just show up, and you're like, okay, I win 70% oh, of my matches favorite. because I beat you, and that's all that really yeah. matters. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, the closest thing you ever got to that in uh, in this <clears throat> card game would be, like, the seven-hand size evil that kind of dominated the first few years of the card game, where basically evil was the best symbol. It stayed that way for multiple sets, and seven-hand size characters were the best characters because six-hand size characters just couldn't keep pace. Yeah. Um, very and, different game and... from what we're playing. Yeah, and, and for some reason they put evil on absurd strength. <laughs> yeah, right. And when that's the thing, like evil just kept getting better, and it never, never stuttered, never lost a step. And um, you know, so that's the closest you ever got there. So maybe if you develop that one deck, that's like, oh, I can deal with all these other things in the meta right now. These evil decks. Oh yeah, maybe you had some success with it, but odds right. are probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. It, and to talking about uh, e- the evil meta for the early state, mm-hmm. the early years of UFS, I do think that is an interesting point around that differentiates UFS and MHA from other card games. Like in, in Magic, you know, you've got the the five colors. You may have like artifact decks or something like that, but your your meta is is not dependent upon multiple things. Generally, it's like, all right, 
black blue fairies is the meta right like that's what mm-hmm. it is but in, in my hero and ufs it's meta revolves around not only characters but also symbols right absolutely um and so hand size even like there's yeah. been metas in this game where it was a seven hand size meta there's been times where it's a six hand size and you can't play a seven like sevens would just evaporate on turn two mm-hmm. um because they just didn't have the defensive pieces they needed so like there's lots of ways to measure the meta for this game which is why on our website we got some charts to try to measure and track all that data for you. Mm-hmm. And, and what is that website, by the way? That website is universesacademy.org. .org, so, yep. I feel like we're kind of is... in a six-hander meta right now in MHA. How do um, you feel about that? I think the data tells you you're wrong. <laughs> tell me, we are, what's, what's the data is, say? It is, so out of, so now granted, we only have four current events. So we have in this data pool, we have the Omaha, we have the first two week webcam weeklies, and then the most recent 1K um, event that happened last Sunday. And we're working on getting the other webcam weeklies. They just didn't release those as a top eight. So um, we, this data looks at just the top eight. So what's making the top cuts? Because that's the stuff you care about, right? That's the meta. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, um, the data would tell you that there's been 13 five-handers across those four events make top cuts. There's been seven six-handers and there's been 12 seven-handers. Now, here's where that data is a little skewed, right? Who's that five-hander? It's Kirishima. It's Kirishima, right? Except for like, like we two just no-moos or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's a couple no-moos and things like that. So like, um, um, so, and I know, let's see, yeah. that, that new Ura Rocket will probably show up too. And uh, you know, a friend of the pod, Chris Smith, actually taught, he made the, he won he went undefeated. last week. Undefeated yeah. with, with the five, five dot, or the new yeah, five-hander. He went three and with the new, off of, off of Death, I think maybe no air was air. air it was air, okay. I think. Oh yeah, because um, he was running like home run comment and stuff. So yeah, I think so. So all that to say, um, the data would tell you that right now, you know, the bet man's going to run a, a, either that Kirishima five hander, or maybe a Nomu, um, mm-hmm. or a seven hand character, because those account for you know twenty five of the what thirty six slots we're looking at, or thirty two slots we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So again, that's just one element of it, though. Like and. and you can't just look at the one metric because I think the five hand size metric is misleading, right? It's technically the most represented. Well, that's because Hiroshima's really good. <laughs> well, yeah, he's and a to, secret nine hander. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, he, right, he's right. not really. He's as we've always said. I've printed. Five we printed hand size. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's the undercover boss of this format. He is actually yeah. nine hands. Right. So that's what shows yeah, that's you want one, to be. One metric we 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 kind of track. Um, another one would be symbol representation. So how many times has each symbol been played in the top cuts? Since every card in your deck has to match that one symbol, you can easily track that data now. Um, so just to clarify, that, we're like we're counting webcam weeklies where there's not really a top cuts. You're just counting undefeated decks. Uh, well, so the first two webcam weeklies, like they release like a here's the top eight. Like so, I guess those are all characters that went undefeated and then had the stronger tie breaks because it's technically all one giant event. Okay. okay. So, so it would be like if you had the Swiss rounds, it should work. It's if you had the Swiss rounds, Swiss rounds after the five weeks. So first one, it would have been five rounds. The others, it would have been after the three rounds. Who are the top eight ranked decks? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I imagine that's yeah, where I they got that metric. I don't know that, but I, that's where I imagine it um, for the articles because how they presented the data in the official articles was here's first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Yeah, I mean that's that's um, a reasonable assumption. Yeah. So that's where we're getting that metric from. So yes, to full disclosure on, on the data, absolutely. Um, and 
but with that, like, so the symbol representation, you know, right now, air, a symbol not on Kirishima, has had the most appearances. You know, that being said, good and void are, you know, the next ones at seven appearances for good and six appearances for void. You know, then everything else is kind of a bigger drop off to like below three appearances for the other symbols. So like right now, those three symbols are pretty dominant in the meta, you know, like over 50% more representation in top eight for those three symbols than any other symbol, you know? Yeah. And, and looking here, I see earth is actually in fourth with uh three. So mm -hmm. th all three of Kirishima's symbols are in the top. It's not the most represented, but he is the next three most represented. Right. Which is a testament to the strength of his kid as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of what I referenced earlier when we were talking about the, the top eight from the, um, the number of air decks in that last top eight for the one uh, K right. As I was like, mm -hmm. the Bakugo kit's really good. Well, Hey, look, Air's the most represented one. Bakugo and Jiro, their kits are both really good. And Uraraka. Asuiz is pretty good. You know, like, you combine all that together, and you have some pretty serious uh, deck potential. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I, I also like to point out in, um, is what isn't doing well. And I think that might tell you more so of, like, what you might see get love in the future sets, you know? Because... I'm sure that Jazzco tracks this sort of data and probably far more accurately and probably um, more expansively than we do, right? Like this is just me going and, and pulling data from articles and other resources I can find online from the events. But like all chaos, evil, and order, zero top eight so far. Zero. Hmm. Which, yeah, I'm, is I'm that not surprising? Like, nope. Yeah, are you surprised? I mean, like... I think the only one of those that surprises me is chaos. I think that chaos is probably good enough to make a top eight because again, Kaminari, uh, Todoroki, Uraka, <laughs> and like the, the ranged chaos kit is pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. so like you can probably do well enough. You just got to pilot the right character and get some good matchups and whatever. But that one is the only one that surprised me, but like evil and all not surprised at all. Like, no. And, and, Ryan alluded to this in a conversation we had previously off air with chaos is that a lot of those characters share a symbol. Most, a lot of them have air and there's maybe better off of air or something like that, where they, they have chaos and chaos, like you said, has access to those cards, but maybe mm -hmm. they just have a better pool of cards off a second symbol or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a consideration. Like you guys went through and talked about every symbol and every character. I know a lot of times the comment will come back and it's like, well, it's probably their second best symbol. Mm -hmm. Well, why would I play the second best? We're playing the meta here. I want to play the best, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, I, I guess, so, continuing our discussion on, on, on like, just the, the meta of this game, have you been surprised at all how the meta has evolved, or do you think it has really changed from that first 1K where everyone <laughs> was like, oh my god, we have to bring in the diversity rule. There's too much Kirishima <laughs> everywhere. And, yeah. like, do you guys th think it's gotten better? Like, everyone just needed to, like, you know, Take a breath. So, yeah, so people throw around like the diversity thing a bunch, or they used to, but the funny thing about the card game is the diversity of decks is just going to naturally evolve into the like a, a naturally diverse state over time. Because people mm -hmm. are going to find a lot of different decks that work. We were like a week into the format, and there was no time to build like any experimental decks or find any cool interactions. So everyone played just the best thing on the surface at that first tournament. So seeing things develop over time is not surprising. Um, I think we knew that there was a lot of strong cards. We just didn't have time to find the decks, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, 
that I don't know. I mean, like the meta is definitely growing. Um, again, I don't think it's solved. Um, I think everyone knows the starting point is build Kirishima, like go pick your poison of which version of it you like and run decks into that and see how they do. If they do pretty well against that, then you probably got potential there. You know, like it might not be the best, but it's got some potential. Um, because, you know, we, the, the other, you know, data that we're tracking is the total top eight appearances of each character. And Kirishima has 12 top eight appearances, like we were talking about earlier. So, I mean, the next closest is Jiro at five. Like, she hasn't even been in there half as many times as he has. So, yeah, less than half. Yeah. And also, I'd like to point out that Jiro has that many, and most of these events have been webcam ones where she is heavily nerfed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, like, she's very, she's handicapped real hard. Yeah. They hamstring her real hard just to make her functionally work. Like, it's not because she's broken, it's just because there's not a good functional way to use her ability on a webcam of revealing and you looking without your arrival seeing it and that sort of stuff. So instead, it's just you reveal and you show everybody. And that gives them game knowledge, which makes her ability worse. And she's still winning games, you know? Um, so imagine when an in-person event happens, she's probably going to do real well, you know? Um, and these, this data could very well change based off of that alone, right? Like, Kirishima, that doesn't really impact his ability to do his game plan, so... Yeah, I think some of it is also the platform in which you're playing could impact the meta just very slightly. I don't think it's significant, but in the slightest of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think Air and I guess Jiro in particular, they they have a favorable matchup against Kirishima just because they can do so many, they can get so much value out of cards like Specialized Sound Waves and like all the momentum shenanigans the Air does to generate card advantage. And Kirishima can only pick up so many cards, and right. if you throw in like a like six or seven attacks in a turn with a giant home run coming at the end. Like as strong as Kirishima is, he still dies to that. Yeah. Cause you, you know, you're also probably clearing your card pool of cards. So your progressive difficulty isn't like super bad for some of the stuff as well off of air. You're just writing um, stuff with like unwaving slash and like, or, or you're writing it with, with various other cards, like you said, and a headphone jack and, you know, because if you're playing Jiro, maybe you do want like seven cards in your card pool. So when you play that eighth one in specialized sound waves, like, well, I give this one plus eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even if you're just playing it as like your fifth card, you know yeah, I mean? It's still, it's, still, it's a flash attack. It's coming across. It's hitting hard. Like yeah. Um, yeah. having that card played on me, I like I hadn't built an air deck to run it yet. Right. And having that card played on me, I was like, oh no, that card deserves a two check. This card is nuts. If you've been mm -hmm. sleeping on it, sleeve them up. Get ready. Got my place in early, son. I'm good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got like, I got like six or eight of that thing. We good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I do think the meta is growing. I do think it is evolving. Um, I think the plus ultra kits and the DLC kits will also make an impact as we move forward. Like the problem with both of those right now is availability, right? So like these are webcam events, meaning you have to have the cards. It's not like we're on TTS and everyone just has everything. So the fact you have to have the cards means like for that event last week, we our DLC didn't come in until like Tuesday. Well, yeah. we couldn't play any of the DLC cards, even if we had listed list built for them and decks that we wanted to run with them because you can't proxy those. So like that impacts that meta a little bit. And then, you know, you consider, um, you know, the plus ultra promos, like we've had uh, weeklies every other week since those started coming out. And I don't think any of the three of us have a full play set of plus ultra yet. So no. that's just, that's just well, the, the way it is. So something that's about to start happening next month is a uh, ACE maneuvers from the discord is going to do like a four week CTS event. For mm -hmm. uh, the MHA format, so I think we'll get some significant data from that too, with all the DLC and Plus Ultra readily available. 
So you can kind of yeah, see how those cards actually impact everything. Yeah, they're running their own little circuit of some sort and yeah. giving away some cards and all for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think they're giving away that two. Rampage. Stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. It's like boxes of that or something. Uh, so that could be cool too. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely be something worth keeping an eye on, like you're talking about. And um, we'll we'll do that. I mean, we're going to track that data. <laughs> I'm not going to not going to stop suddenly out of nowhere. So yeah. Um, um, so, so as far as the meta being in a good spot, it being healthy, do you do you think we're in a good spot right now for the game? I think that there's a lot of diverse decks. Um, I don't think so. I, I do think it's healthy overall. I don't think Hiroshima's broken. I do think Hiroshima's not fun to play against. Um, whether or not he's too powerful or not, I someone else can have that discussion. I, I have made my stance pretty clear on it. But as far as uh, the fun of the format. I feel like every time you sit down against Kirishima, you just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, okay, here goes, you know, another time limit match and hopefully I don't lose game one. But um, I, I think there's a lot of diverse decks in the format. So anytime you're playing against anything else, like you're generally going to have a good time. Um, but yeah, that'd be my only complaint with the, the meta right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of would echo what Tam was saying on y'all's interview as well, which is, um, playing MHA only format has been some of the, the, the most fun I've had playing in years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved standard. Um, at one point in time, there was um, like a, a mini block is kind of what we refer to it as. So there was an emergency rotation at one point where the company or the cardio change companies and all. And that was a really fun format as well, because it's a really small card pool. It's like, you kind of know what you're getting into, right? You don't have to worry about like four or five years worth of catch up and trying to find these like crazy interactions. So all that to say, I think this is a great starting point. I think in general, the meta is very healthy. Um, if the only complaint we have is one character out of 20 plus characters, and it's really just that the character, like to Ryan's point, like it's a little too consistent, a little too easy to get stuff done with, you know? So maybe just, uh, there, there could probably be some like just functional nerfs to him in some way. And he would be totally like reined in to the point where he's not an outlier. Like the new mulligan rules actually kind of hamstring him a little bit from doing some of his shenanigans where he would just like go second and attack you immediately and like start building free foundations for no reason at all as long as he checks a four with you know jab and stuff like that can't do that anymore so like that's like a stealth nerf to kirishima he gets an extra card and still builds more and you know like it's it's it's, 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 stealth nerf is still probably a strong term but everyone gets that there's probably an argument that he's more consistent because he just gets that sixth card for free he doesn't have to draw Mm -hmm. the jab anymore Right, but everyone gets that is what I'm saying. Whereas That's like true. before, yeah. not everyone else playing a jab turn one for everyone else was not like, oh, I just built two get, off of this. Yeah, so they didn't get two free foundations. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like he did. He's just like, Whatever, I'm just gonna roll the dice. I don't run anything less than three anyway. I got a five. Guess I'm just better. Born better. You know, like and you took five damage also on his first turn. Like, so that's cool. Maybe seven. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to pick up one of those because it's the perfect foundation he needed to build. Who knows? But point being, um, yeah, I think the meta overall is is very healthy. We're seeing a pretty widespread of decks and symbol representation as well. So um, I do hope that as far as it growing in set two, I hope we can see these four um, that so far have gotten no love in the top eight. Um, I hope they get some love, you know, get some some cool characters that help support and boost their pool. Like uh, all just need some better weapons, right? Like we've talked about this before, but like Momo, She's a cool character. She does stuff. She's not terrible. Her design is fine. It's just her card pool is not so great right now. Like it's it's kind of underwhelming compared to the others. Um, evil, 
I don't even know what evil needs to pull it up out the gutter. Like I love that symbol historically, and you can't convince me to build one right now. Like need some Akumas. Yeah, right, right. He's the million dollar solution. That just infuse a million dollars into the into the deck, and it's fine. Yeah. Be able to give um, control checks minus two constantly. Yeah, and make them actually fail all their cards in their turns. Just just print BRT. It's good. Um, that's for you old school players. But um, same thing with Blood order. Like, true, I don't, baby. I don't know what order needs. Like I, Blood I think true. that. Yeah, maybe. Right? <laughs> hmm, wait a second. All Akuma. evil in order aren't good. I was gonna say. Hmm. It's, uh... <laughs> Finally, my vengeance. Oh. <laughs> but... So I would. So I guess I would argue that uh, order, order, chaos, and evil have very little of their identity infused into MHA right now. Of their um, of their old. Yeah, yeah, like evil. What people would think their identity is. Yeah, evil mm-hmm. specifically, I think, is probably the weakest. Like order does have a bunch of tap down stuff from Dinky. Sure. Um, have you noticed that has... order is like the new throw symbol? Has anyone noticed that? <coughs> What's well, Sarah? Oh, yeah, Sarah's like... the throw character. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think like, that'll... well, because I mean, uh, Midoriya has a throw. Midoriya and Mineta. Yeah, yeah, they both have throws. Like it's got a ton of throws. Like I, I literally listed up the the Sarah. Uh, order deck and i was like oh it's all throws all right whatever let's play this like i'm not saying the deck's good i was just like this is a thing mm-hmm. but yeah Sorry. i think that like once those cards get a little more of their identity infused maybe in the next couple sets that or one, those symbols get their identity infused they'll probably just naturally get a little better they just need mm-hmm. some more yeah. cards i think because a lot of those characters are heavily tied to the identities of other symbols on their character i mean it's just yeah. set one blues right like there's yeah. there's one set out there's one set in very little expansion for it the, the dlc and the plus ultra d- did it has you know breathed some life into to the scene but we, we are we are waiting on that first expansion to really i think kind of explode and just really give us a whole bunch of different ideas and different decks i think set two is probably really going to hopefully see the meta just kind of i don't want to say be unsolvable because you do want to have like some grasp on it but i think hopefully we'll, we'll see a much more diverse yeah, well, you yeah. just want it to continue to, to like, to your set point, like, you want it to continue to grow, right? Like, you don't want it to be like, okay, set two came out, and it didn't change anything. Yeah. Kirishima's still topping 50%, you know, of the top eight events are Kirishima's. Um, and then you have your random air decks that are the other, you know, 50% of it. And that's the meta. Congratulations. You know, like, you don't want it to get that stale. So I think if you can, if you can pump some life into some of these other symbols, you know, like, for example, pun intended, life... Um, only has one top eight appearance so far out of four events. Like that's really low, and that symbols on some really good characters. I think it was Atsui. That's what I would have uh, guessed. I can, yeah, we could go back and pull it up. Um, but it probably I feel like was. She, I feel like she went undefeated. She went through at a webcam weekly. But but yeah, like I mean, point being, I think life is sort of like we're talking about with um kind of chaos really like it's second fiddle on a lot of those characters right like they're it's better on, off the air or yeah. something else so rock and us we and midoriya all have life but and, well midoriya's not good but he he not he's got some good cards though he's he got was, some good yeah. cards when well, and what's going to happen is there's not going to be a battle box for set two right so mm-hmm. what very easily could happen is you see the gap like right now the battle box characters just have a larger card pool which means inherently they have more options which means those decks are those symbols are probably a little bit stronger um, because they just have more options. So you're going to see that number, that margin kind of shrink, I'm sure. And, you know, you'll see some of these other symbols that aren't on them because, for example, Chaos and Evil and All are three symbols that aren't on either of the Battle Box characters, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, could see those symbols kind of 
get a little bit more love. Maybe have an extra character that the other symbols don't in the next sets. That way, they just have a larger card pool to kind of close that gap. Maybe get mm -hmm. some extra representation in the set two DLC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just do little things like that. Um, it needs to be more than promo characters. Like promo characters don't really change it at all. Like Ojiro might make a splash for some of his symbols because he seems kind of cool. You know, like he might just randomly one shot people depending on what deck you're running, or he might just be disruptive. But you know. The other characters, like Mount Lady, she's not going to change the fact that Kirishima symbols are already Kirishima symbols, and they're good. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to our meta discussion? I think overall, we think it's in a good place. It's in a good spot to move forward and grow organically. And um, I, I, I'm just really excited to see where the game goes. Yeah, I'm just I'm ready for a set two previews and uh, to be able to start speculating <laughs> about what the the next evolutions are going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Matt, do I you mean, have any uh, final thoughts on, on the meta? No, nothing that we really hadn't already talked about. I mean, like I said, I think it's in a good place. I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, and I think that, you know, if you want to play in these larger events and competitive stuff, you need to be listening to this podcast. You need to look into this sort of data um, and you need to get your reps in against, like I said, start with the Kirishima. Get your reps in against it, find a buddy, find a list, and go from there. And you should be fine. So yeah. that'd be my recommendation for people right now if they're just in general trying to prepare for one of these, you know, provisionals or something else like that. Mm -hmm. Show up and on it, Wednesdays. Yeah, that's what, if you, I, that's what I need to do. Um, if you're looking for this data we talked about, it's again, it's at universes, universesacademy.org uh, on the top, uh, <laughs> saying, uh, on the top right hmm? uh, wow. at the very end. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I can never tell my left from right. <laughs> Good news is, this is a podcast, so they won't see that. Yeah, uh, well, it's hey, it goes on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> at the at the top right, at the very end, you'll see the support uh, drop down and uh, meta analysis is under that. Yeah, so um, you know, we, we also have an FAQ section there where you can also um, submit questions that you might have for the game if you need answers. I know a lot of people do that sort of stuff on Facebook and all, but if you want to just directly reach out to us and ask some questions, um, we got our website you know, with lots of resources and kind of broken up into the sections, um, you know, similar to universes or to uh, UA school as well. Um, so mm -hmm. you should definitely um, check out those resources that we have up in there. Uh, Band Rata list, event calendars, um, tournament legal sets, art, all of our articles are now there as well. Um, so lots of things, more things coming to it. Um, just trying to make it kind of your one-stop shop for information. And right now, the, probably the most useful information is probably that data on the uh, meta right now. So we, we're collecting it so you don't got to. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Universes Academy podcast. We appreciate everybody stopping by and listening. If you haven't already, we are on YouTube. Uh, you can go ahead and subscribe there. We are on uh, most major uh, podcast downloads, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, you'll find us there. Um, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to us. See you guys.